Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another week of Burnout to Blessed. I'm super excited to dive into today's episode. I'm going to warn you, it's a little long, but I wanted to touch on time management hacks. I think that most of you listening could all use some time management hacks. I think that no matter if you're amazing at time management or not, that these wonderful hacks that my guest Chad E. Cooper has are just very out of the box thinking and it makes total sense after you hear it. And I think that it could make some big differences for you in your day to day. And that's why I wanted to include it in the Solve series because Again, the Solve series is all about giving you the tactical pieces that you need in order to keep your eye on the prize and stick with the goal-setting blueprint that you created. Because as we mentioned, (laughs) life gets in the way. Things get in the way of your schedule and therefore things are going to happen and sometimes you're not going to be able to always follow that goal setting blueprint, but I think these tactics that we've gone over in the Solve series are going to help you really be consistent and stick with it. And again, for purposes of consistency, what that means is for the most part, you're giving it all your effort to stay consistent. So what I'm not saying here is Some of you go on a diet, right? And all of a sudden you go off, you you eat a few pieces of cake or ice cream or whatever it may be. And all of a sudden it's the end of the world because you slipped up, you messed up. And then you're like, okay, why even try? I'm not going to even try. I'm just going to go back to what I was doing before. I'm tired of this. This is too stressful. So I don't want you to do that ever. So if you have some amazing days, you have three days in a row where you're amazing, and then on the fourth day, you're eh, not so consistent, well, that's okay. There's always tomorrow. So don't beat yourself up. But I do think that these tactics are going to significantly help you. um, And therefore, without further ado, here is today's episode. Now, (laughs) One more disclaimer, I held the Secrets to Career Success Summit, and you are going to hear the intro to that, so feel free to speed up the intro where I introduce Chad and who he is and his credentials and all that jazz. It's a bit long, and then get to the good stuff, but of course, I'm sure you want to know who our guest is and why he's qualified, and all that jazz. So therefore, if that's the type of person you are, go for it. Listen to the whole thing. And also, before I let you go here, I would love to hear any feedback that you have um, regarding this podcast. If you want to hear more of anything, I am open for ideas and would love to implement them. So shoot me an email at coachinginfo at burnout2, that's the number two, blessed.com. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 
Secrets to Career Success Summit, a leadership summit for ambitious women ready to achieve their goals, take back control of their time. Yes, I said it. It's possible. (laughs) And find work-life fulfillment. And I am so excited for today's guest, Chad E. Cooper, because we are going to touch on all three of those aspects. So without further ado, let me tell you a little bit about Chad E. Cooper. He has continuously raised the bar and pushed himself to be the very best that he can be from being awarded both Regimental Marine of the Quarter and Regimental Marine of the Year during his time of service to retiring from Microsoft at 35 to serving two terms as mayor pro team in his community to traveling the world and making a global impact through his foundation work in New Zealand, Guatemala, to competing as a multi-major sponsored triathlete, to applying for a Guinness Book World Record holder for crossing the most common things off a bucket list. How amazing is that? To being a thriving family man, husband and father, Chad embodies what it means to live a legendary life. And I'm so excited to learn more about that. Chad's greatest passion, however, is sharing the principles he's discovered to help others, which is why we're here today. Help others also shatter the status quo and live the life they were born to live. Live the life they know they were meant to live. Now, Chad coaches a wide variety of high achievers, such as athletes, entrepreneurs, and CEOs and retirees to break through real and perceived barriers to discover their unique purpose in life and integrate it into every area of their life. If they are willing to put in the work, Chad's coaching philosophy is best summed up in the adapted words by Ronald Reagan. Some people live their whole life wondering if they were made to make a difference in the world. His clients don't have that problem because Chad helps them with that problem, helps them overcome that problem. Chad has helped numerous people discover the keys to unlocking their own potential in order to be the very best that they can be. So without further ado, I'm going to hand it over to Chad E. Cooper, and we are going to talk today about time management, and we're going to talk to you about mindset, which is key in managing your time. So Chad, take it away. Perfect. Thanks, Tara. Thank you very much. Um, you know, I, I, I never get tired or it's always good. And I think people should take the time to write down kind of that, that journey that they've been on, because it's a great reminder of the, the challenges that the summits that you've achieved and in looking back to celebrate those and uh, be able to see things, you know, what, what is possible just allows you to feel good. So, uh, I love when I, when I have that introduction, cause I never get tired of going, yeah, it's been pretty good journey so far. And in that, you know, I, I can't say that you won't have pain. Pain is part of that, that, uh, recipe suffering, however, is an option and I choose not to suffer. So, I want to kind of begin looking at, at time and in how I can help these women. And it really comes down to really three different 
aspects of that terror. The first is, um, you know, how do we how do we actually navigate and maximize time? The second is is looking at some life principles, and the first is is been a a real life petri dish experiment over the last year with COVID. And that is, is in order to go fast, we have to slow down sometimes. And then the third is managing people. So let's, let's start as we look back over my life there for a second. You know, one of the overarching principles that is, has gotten me to where I am today has been my willingness to slow down and approach new opportunities with what I call, or new situations with what I call an empty cup. So what do I mean by going slow in an empty cup? Well, going slow and and emptying my cup is all about mindset. And we've had a a huge long-term experience and experiment in that in the last year, year and a half here. And we've had an opportunity to look at what really matters, what's really important. So it's knowing that while our accomplishments and looking at my credentials give me the confidence that I belong here, I also choose to have the attitude that I really don't know it all, Tara, and I still have a lot more to learn. So I have to slow down and empty my cup to what I think I know. And that gives me an open heart to receive and learn something new. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. And I'm curious, you talk about slowing down. Did you have that aha moment come across your career where you realized that maybe you were going too fast and that you needed to take a step back in order to go to where you need to go? Yeah, God in, in life have an interesting way uh, of you know, when, when I was being created and he was handing out or she, who knows, you know, I think it's beyond that, um, that my characteristics, humbleness was not a quality that was given to me. It was kind of like, well, that's a wasted ingredient on chat. <laughs> and it. so, you know, but, but if we really look at what humbleness is, you know, I, I don't take credit for the things that I've accomplished. I take credit for understanding the gifts that God's given me and knowing that that's the directive that I've been, been given is here's your gifts, go maximize, go use them. I find it to be tragic to have people with gifts that, that don't leverage and don't, don't utilize those. So the, the truth is for me, Tara, is the moments in life where I actually thought I knew it all mm-hmm. lack of humbleness is exactly where I reached that, that peak and started going downhill on the other side. And it's because I've accomplished some of the extraordinary things that you mentioned, right? Like retiring from Microsoft at the, the ripe young age of 35 and no friends and family that was not because of stock and it, it didn't hurt, but it's because I saved first and spent what was left. Um, looking at reaching the highest level of coaching in the number one coaching organization in the world. Those are the kind of things that have given me the confidence to know that in many respects, I'm incredibly talented and good at what I've already reached those peaks and able to achieve what I've strived for. But even within that is when I I'm full of myself, it's when I'm at those peaks that I recognize now I need to continually slow down and empty that cup in order to reach that next level and to get to that next summit. And the only way that I've been able to 
continually climb higher and higher is to be honest and say, I, I need to stop. I need to empty my cup and I need to, to be humbled at the moment. And so part of my formula for success is to slow down enough and empty my cup to be open to someone else showing me a better way. So that's, that's really kind of where I look at it is it, when we get too full of ourselves, that's when we, when we start believing in ourselves, you know, in that, that way, what social media and what the press and what others say, that's what gets us in trouble. Definitely. I have to agree. I think when I was at the height of my career, I think I was at the most unfulfilled and I was definitely more like super confident in what I was delivering, but I, on the inside, things just weren't sitting right. So you talk about emptying your cup and the journey that kind of led you to realize that you need to now on a continuous basis, do you have tactics or mindset tools or like actual triggers that show you, Hey, you need to slow it down so that you can speed up. Yeah. Usually it's when I, I've become, you know, started believing in my own greatness and, and I get, get hit by that baseball bat or big, you know, pine wood, um, to, to recognize those. And I think as I've gotten older, I've recognized, uh, just because you're called or gifted in one area, it doesn't make you superior to others. It also doesn't make you inferior to others. Your talents are, are to be used in a particular purpose and other people are going to have a talent or something that they're able to do better than you. So the truth is that, that those that are actually here today, Tara tells me they're probably already incredibly good at what they do. They're probably already off. See, there it goes again. <laughs> so sorry. How'd you change that? Everyone, I yeah. had him change his mic. So this is totally my fault. <laughs> no worries. No worries. So, you know, the, the people that are on are already operating at a, at a high level and probably also operating at a fast pace. And they've probably been faced with some interesting uh, decisions, challenges, opportunities in the last year. And what we've recognized in order to really be effective, to really be a master of time is that we need to slow down and realize we're probably juggling multiple things that are happening at any given time. And hopefully that's with grace. So let's just pretend that we're already at the top of our game. The systems that we have in place are probably working for us in, in a large fashion because we designed them and we're leveraging or, or we're using those. And so what I'm going to invite people to do is to, to pause to, to go slow and empty their cup to what they think they already know and see if there's something here that can help them go to that next level that they may not even be aware of Tara. So what does that look like? Well, I imagine average person, average woman, you know, they, they go through a typical morning that they, they get to work and before they even can sit down, whether that's at home today or, or at a corporate office or wherever, you know, wherever that may be, before they even sit down, they see that message light on their phone, whether it's a desk phone or, or smartphone or whatever. And they turn on their computer and they start listening to the voicemails and, and they see their previously cleared inbox is now another new dozen set of emails. And that's 
probably a, a light day. So okay. as they finish, you know, making notes of those voicemail messages and, and start scanning the emails, a few of them are going to jump out as needing immediate attention. And they're going to open those first couple of, of emails and they get ready to forward it to the appropriate person or respond to it. And then suddenly their boss or, or an employee, somebody comes out of the office and probably in a whirlwind and they're demanding that something that was supposed to be finished last week for their meeting in like the next 10 minutes, they can't find. Well, you've got your stuff together and you expected that. So you pull out that second copy and you hand it to them where you say, I already put it in your inbox for it to, to be delivered right now. And they're thankful, but they run off without a, you know any appreciation. Then suddenly the phone starts ringing. You answer, somebody walks in, you start taking care of their request. And the morning continues at that fast pace. And before you know it, it's 1045 and you haven't even actually been able to eat, you know, enjoy that first cup of coffee, let alone touch anything that, that's actually in your to-do list, right? So the next time you look up, it's 1220, you got this nagging pain in your stomach and realize I haven't even had lunch yet, let alone get to the things that matter. And our days typically pass in a similar blur. And it really doesn't seem to matter how much you try to stay ahead of the day. There's always one fire after another in one form or another that keeps popping up again and again. Sound familiar? Oh yeah. This is, you're describing my day to a T when I was in human resources, it would be one o'clock and then I would get mad at my whole day. Like, because it went just yeah. how you described it. And I would feel like, okay, I only have a few hours left and I have got nothing done. That is a priority. I need to get moving. <laughs> so yeah. yes, that just So where can we it. learn some lessons there? Yeah. So let, let's pause for a minute and think about firefighters. No, not the ones on the calendars that, that are inappropriate to hang up today, but are really sexy, different firefighters, right? <laughs> so- if we look at the most effective firemen and firewomen today, they're not just quick to respond when they get a call, Tara. They also have everything in its place all the time to meet that need in the quickest amount of time. So the fire truck is ready to go. Their clothes are ready to go. In fact, everything is in its place and the, 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 uh, the, the fire, the, their pants are tucked inside of the boots. So all they have to do is literally jump into their uniform and head to the fire truck. They don't have to think about in the moment because they've set themselves up for success with a world-class system before there was even the thought of a fire occurring. Well, the same is true in our workplaces, but do we actually set the stage? I mean, think about when you, if you, I, I was to come on here, or let's say that I'm, I've got a script and I'm going to deliver it on Broadway. You don't start building the stage as the curtain goes up, but how many of us are living our lives in our work day, building it as the curtain goes up. And so what we have to do is understand either we run the day or the day is going to run us. So it's not a, a an elective, it's a, a responsibility. So what if I actually said that the secret to fighting the fires isn't how quickly you put them out? but in how prepared you are to expect them to happen in the first place. So the world-class systems mm -hmm. are the answer. That makes sense. So what is the first step to how to learn how to prior prioritize your time? You're we're talking about planning, which I love because yeah. that 
you have to have everything prepared in order to efficiently and effectively move through your day. But as you know, fires do come up, your boss comes over, I need this, I need that, and I need it now. And do you build that into your day? You know, tell me absolutely your first step in your process to learning, you know, what's important and, and how to um, follow through and get things done. <laughs> yeah. So it, it really begins with understanding that you need smart systems. And as I've looked at the different industries or the different things that I've accomplished in the Marine Corps, we absolutely had systems, right? We always had stuff in its place. Uh, doing triathlons and being on the Ironman circuit and be, having 33 major sponsors before that race started, all of your gear was literally laid out. Your socks were designed to be right over, over your, your biking shoes or your, your, and then over your running shoes, everything had its place. So what are, what are systems, right? So systems are smart ways for us handling things that happen over and over again in similar situations. There are systems for all kinds of things from running to cooking, to successful dating, to raising our kids on and on. So I'm going to share really kind of my overarching foundational systems that have helped me successfully manage four companies. One that we're valuing right now at $120 billion. That was with a B. Okay. Oh, wow. Three, three global foundations, my health, my relationships, my role as, as a father and the almighty. So time is really where it begins, but here's the catch. These systems are a radical way to approach managing time, managing your calendar and managing people that are working so hard to get access to both. Right. Right. <laughs> so so it, it's going to require a new way of thinking Tara and a new way of being. But here's the thing, I'll guarantee you, it has the potentially to exponentially improve your efficiency, your productivity, and your overall well-being for both you and your boss. But here's the thing, at the end of the day, we go to conferences, we go to these things, HR is great for doing this, but in, it's like, well, here's how you can be more productive and more effective. But here's the reality of it, right? Those are doing things so that maybe you get a raise or because you're expected to. At the end of the day, what, you know, while we may have the goal to, to become more efficient at work, the real win for us and the real reason you want to make these adjustments is that you want to have more energy. You want to have patience. You want to have a desire, an honest willingness to participate in your personal life at a world-class level after and outside of your workday. But how many of us are coming home, given everything, energy and in focus and in mindset, and then we come home and we give the scraps and we're like, I need space. I need time for myself and our children and, and our, our spouse is really kind of left on the sidelines where we're there physically, but mentally checked out. So the goal is really to have energy outside of our job and engage in life fully. I mean, who doesn't want that, right? Absolutely. So there, here's four ways that we can do that. And I'm going to try to, to run through these um, because of our, our time as quickly as I can. But there's four ways that we begin in managing our time. And it actually begins with looking at our relationship with others. 
So the first is understanding that we need to manage within or managing in. Okay. The second is managing up, then managing down and managing out. Because okay. the problem that I see when it comes to time management, whether mm-hmm. it's managing our own time or managing someone else's, is that while we need to protect both ours and our boss's time to avoid waste and you know the systems that you have in place, here's the thing. They have to be rigid enough to create a powerful framework, but they also have to be flexible enough to handle all the curveballs, the interruptions, right? The emergencies, the unexpected. So it's a delicate balance. Too, too flexible and you're pushed around by everybody else's demands. Too rigid and you become or create a bottleneck that can't dynamically respond to the events of the day. So what do you, you know, what do you do? You have to have these four overarching principles of managing in, up, down, and out. So when I look at that, the most important, most important is managing within. The only thing we have control of, Tara, is ourselves. At best, we can influence others, but we can't control anyone. And our environment might influence us, but we have to decide what that means. Other people can say things. We have to decide what that means. So the most important thing we can do to manage our time begins with ourselves. And that begins with communication, okay? Being able to create and manage time or have time management saving solutions. I think there was a cleaner way of saying that. The second is, is to be able to anticipate needs. As you said, well, you know, there's going to be interruptions, right? That's being self-disciplined, that's setting goals, that's confirming and executing. And then third is that work-life integration, knowing what you need and communicating that to others, including your spouse, your children, your boss, you, you, those that report to you. So using your communication skills to create and manage time-saving solutions is critical to your success. So would you like an example? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think for the audience, you, you talked about how you go fast, right? And yeah. you get you get into work and you got your inboxes filled. You have a ton of requests. You have people coming up to you left and right. And you're like, I haven't even had my first sip of coffee. Yeah. And they, and most of us, and most of us in, in the corporate world, which I'm an ex-corporate person. (laughs) And I know from my HR experience, everyone is experiencing what you described and what I just re-described. And they're thinking, okay, my circumstances are what is causing me to work 12 hours a day or 10 hours a day or, or getting home exhausted. But what you just said is that you are the manager of your time. It starts with you. You have complete control over your time and how you view your mind on how to communicate with others, you name it. So I would love to hear an example and to go dive deeper into that, because I think that's the one piece that we all forget. And that's because we don't slow down. It's because we're go, 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 go. And yeah. And and there's going to be right now, you've got people going, yeah, but Chad, you don't understand. I'm special. I'm in an industry, uh, a doctor, uh, a real estate agent, uh, a publisher, right? Everybody's got the, but mine's different because my customers, my boss, whatever. Okay. So let me give an example. So 
when I was with uh, the, the, the Tony Robbins organization, I was Tony's number one coach for a number of years. And he has this all hands meeting in front of like 160 coaches. And he says in, in only the way he can, he's like, Chad, you're already retired. So you're here part-time. And here's the thing, man, you take off more time than any other coach I've ever seen yet. You have and maintain the number one stats in the company. And you're the number one coach consistently. How do you do it? Now it was an ambushing. I wasn't expecting it. I'm like, um, Tony, you don't want me to answer this in front of everybody. Uh, you're not going to like the answer. Okay. So friends, you're going to go, uh-uh, because it's not what you think. He goes, I want you to say it, spit it out. And I'm like, all right, fine. I said, here's the thing, Tony, the reason that that's the case. And the reason my numbers are the way they are is because in my calendar, I recognize that we all have 168 hours of time. That is equal to one week of time. It is the great equalizer. It doesn't matter our income. It doesn't matter our ethnicity or gender or geography, any of that. It is truly the, I almost knocked that down. It's truly the only great equalizer. I said, here's how. I said, I schedule my personal life first and whatever's left is what I fit with work within. So think about that. Oh, wow. We are That's taught horrible. to do the opposite. We're taught that once you get all your work done, Tara, if you have any time and, and it's a badge of honor, if you burn out, right, then you ha have earned the right to a vacation. I'm the opposite. My family, my fitness, my spiritual time, my vacation, my personal life goes in first. And here's why. Wow. If we have a meeting for an hour and you've only got 20 minutes worth of, of agenda items, how many of us take a full hour? You will use that time and waste it. You'll piss it away. Pardon my French. Okay. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but if you have five hours worth of work and you only have four hours to get it done in, you will figure out how to shave off an hour and get the job done. Won't you? Yeah, absolutely. Because you, you got deadlines, you got to get it done. <laughs> so what do we do? We have eight hours a, a, a day. And I don't know anybody who's actually only working eight hours a day. Usually we're, we're more right. But if right. I go in and say, these are my values. And that's where it begins. If you want to master time, it begins with knowing your core values. It begins with understanding your purpose. So what is our purpose? It's a bunch of BS what Hollywood and others have said. Your purpose is as simple as this. How do you want to feel in the emotions you want to experience on a consistent day-to-day -day basis? Well, I want to experience joy. I want to experience fulfillment. I want to experience adventure, maybe gratitude, maybe service. How do you want to feel? Those are your core values. And when you are rooted in your core values, and we see this in nature, an oak tree has deep roots. A pine tree has shallow roots. But when we know our core values and a storm comes, if, we're, if we are deeply rooted, we will withstand that storm. If we don't work on and don't know our core values, our roots like a pine tree, you've seen them toppled over roots and all. We can't withstand those storms. And so it, 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 he was like, are you serious? I said, absolutely. And the more he thought about it, the more he realized he also prioritized his, his personal life first.
So you have to go upside down. The treetop is what society rewards us. That's the seen outcomes of all of our labor. But we have to feed the roots because that's where the nourishment comes in our life. Make sense? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more because that's exactly why I left corporate was because this whole badge of honor, I burned myself out and and to the point where I was just mentally so far gone that I had, I couldn't withstand any more of the storm. I had to take a step back. So I'm so glad that you talk about, you know, finding your purpose and living life by your values. Because I, I'm so curious to see how did you learn that that was really the secret to managing your time? Like what steps brought you to knowing, okay, I have to reevaluate here. And, and, and then it brought you to understand that that was the secret to your success. Yeah, I think that I was blessed in, in being able to slow down uh, when, when our son was born. And I just looked around and I said, I- I'm not sure that I agree with other character and values that these daycares and these school systems are uh, putting into our children. And I said, you know, if somebody's going to screw up my kid, it's going to be me. Okay. I'm going to take the credit. So I made the courageous decision well before the great re- uh, recession uh, in 2008, I think it was, I decided to retire from the corporate world. That meant I gave up millions of dollars in, in, uh, revenue and I gave up an identity. I gave up an ego because it was far more important to me to be a model of influence by example to my son. And so looking back at that, you know, it was, it was hilarious. I'd go to the, to the parks and in places and I'd see these women being like, Oh, how sad this divorced dad's, you know, taking the day off to play with his kid. Cause he doesn't get it. I'm like, this is a choice. I'm happily married. I'm in love and I'm doing this. This is a choice. Okay. And to all the women, I see one of the, the most tragic things today is this rejection of some older values because they think that they have to choose between this or that. And it's not a choice. It's a yes. And I was able to choose to be a super dad, extraordinary husband, and still have an extraordinary career for myself. Did it look radically different than what the rest of the world was doing? Yes. And I was a pioneer in that, but I disagree, you know, in the Marine Corps, I had to learn how to iron. I had to learn how to iron with pennants and you couldn't have any, you know, threads, right? I didn't know how to cook. I started cooking when I was probably eight years old because I had a big family. And so you learn how to do that. I learned how to do my own laundry and some of this rejection of, oh, well, that's, you know, that's not a woman's job anymore. No, it's a human being's responsibility. It's everybody needs to learn these basic skills. But in addition to that, we need to learn how to take care of ourselves, how to have financial stability or responsibility. And we need to learn how do we can soar in our careers. Okay. And so that means that we have to make choices. And by understanding that, we can actually do it all. But to do that means that we really kind of have to have three things in that self-discipline. And it means that we need to anticipate our own needs, which means first, turning goals into action. 
And so that means, as Ronald Reagan said, which is really a Russian proverb, trust, but verify. Trust that people mean well for you, Tara, that, that they, they believe in what they're doing, but it's still our responsibility to make sure that it's accurate, that it's appropriate, and that it's suitable for our needs. Okay. Nobody can take that responsibility away from you. Second is that we need to know our motive, our why. It's not our strength that holds us to our purpose. It's the strength of the purpose itself. So if you really want to, to take a look at your efficiency and effectiveness, look in your calendar and at any particular item say, what's the purpose of this? What's my why? And if it's not tied to your core values, to a set of specific emotions and feelings you want to create, you might want to take another look at that. Absolutely. I love it because it is so true. I recently was reading um, Rick Warren, Daily Hope. He's a Mm -hmm. pastor out of California. And in his daily motivational email, it talked about your priorities are where your time is spent. So When you're looking at your calendar and it's just filled with work, but yet you're telling your family, you are so important to me, but yet you're not willing to give them any time. It's time to reevaluate where, what is truly a priority. And I loved how you mentioned societal norms of women nowadays feel like they have to have either or instead of and. And since I've left corporate, I think I have been questioned time and time again of, oh, I can't believe you, you know, you take care of your kids, you stay at home. I wouldn't like being tied financially to someone else, you know, and I've had more judgment in what I should be doing based off of what society tells us that we should do from other women. And I never expected that you know, for my family and friends to question me, like, why would you do that? That makes no sense. So I love how you're talking about how you really need to sit and evaluate what makes the most sense for you and your family. So bravo to you. Now I have to, because because here's the thing with that. Mm -hmm. My wife and I are on the same team. And so many marriages dissolve today. So many are, are doing this because they're competing for each other's identity, competing whose career is more important. And what we realized is kind of like a heart, right? It is like, we can start here and say, okay, we both have the same outcome. We start here, she can go her direction, I can go my direction. And as long as we're coming to the same conclusion, then we're free to do it in in our own way. But what we have to realize is we need a playbook like any sport And we have to learn how to juke and jive and be on the same team to win. And if we're competing and not complimenting each other, then you've got problems. So find a partner, find somebody that compliments you and you're not competing with because the whole Jerry Maguire, you complete me is total crap. Okay. You're already complete. You want to find somebody who compliments you. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So when you made the decision to take a step back, And to focus on your son and your family, was that a decision that you and your wife sat down and really discussed before you decided to take that leap? Absolutely. 
because the reality was one, I really wanted, I, I'd always wanted for some reason to, to um, make sure that I was a, an instrumental part in my children's lives. I didn't want to be that absent uh, father. Number two, we looked at where we were in our careers. And the reality is she's extremely talented in the corporate world. I was extremely challenged because I ask questions and I, I don't like the corporate structure, quite frankly, right? So that was a challenge for me. What I found is I'm much more talented as an entrepreneur than I am. I need to be at the top, right? I'm at the top of, of the company that, that we're valuing at one, $120 billion right now. I need to be in that position. And I, I, I can be at the top of a corporation. I can't be somebody in the corporation. That's just the way I'm wired, wired, right? I'm not saying that's better, right, or wrong. What I'm saying is, is we looked at our, our, our playbook and said, you're better at this. You go keep doing that. Let me reconfigure. Let me figure this out while I'm playing the role as, as you know, the primary parent. And let's figure out how we can actually soar as a family. So that means you got to slow down. That means you need to, to eat a little bit of humble pie and, and look at your ego and say, is my ego leading this or is it really coming from my values and, and character that that's looking at this and saying which rocks really need to be put first? Now you talk about slowing down. Did faith have any part in helping you slow down and to kind of evaluate, reevaluate your values? Yeah, I would say that there's a couple of, of, um, areas there. I've always been a, a long practitioner of, um, both spiritual and religious backing. Okay. They're not the same thing. Okay. We have people that are like, Oh, I'm spiritual. That's great. But what do you stand for? What are your foundations in that? Cause if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. And so I can be a spiritual person, but I'm also a religious person. Okay. And what I find is, is that in my experience, they're all pretty much saying the same thing, but with different vocabularies or different, different terminology. But if we really look at it, I'm, I'm a Christian. And at the end of it, if I screw everything up, the, the commandment that I'm supposed to, the, the most important thing is, is love, love the Lord, your almighty, right? Second is, is love your neighbor. And as long as I do that, then I, that allows me to be accepting. It allows me to be understood understanding. And so I can seek to understand does not mean at the end of the day, I'm going to agree with everything. And that's okay. It's okay to not agree with everything, but understand each other. Okay. And that's part of the, the, the problem that we have in society today. The second in that is my spirituality is my soul is what, what makes me me. Okay. And th that meant going in and working with indigenous people around the world, because here's what I, the, the, in New Zealand, the Maori oldest indigenous tribe made it very clear. And they said that the number one problem I see with the United States or the Western world today is that you guys are doing spirituality. You're not being spiritual. Yeah. And I think I, that I he totally nailed it. That. They did. They totally nailed it because we can consume but if we're not actually living life by what we're consuming, then we're not, we're not being. <laughs> yeah. It's like this doingness of, of, 
oh, look at how spiritual I am. I gave up my, my Mercedes for a bicycle and look at how much better I am than you. It's like, no, dude, you're not. You're, <laughs> you're, you're looking at this as superior, inferior. You're missing the entire point. It's not a doingness. It's an essence of beingness. Okay. And I love when I look at, at people of, of certain religions that are like, if you're not this religion, then you're going to hell. Or then, you know, I've got to, it's like, yeah, I don't remember reading that in any different religions, whether it's Hinduism, Judaism, Islam, or Christianity. It's like, yeah, no, that's not the yeah. way it works. Absolutely. So let's get back to time. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry for going there. I just, no I just know that you have such a, a passion for your foundation and also to flip back to the purpose piece, because talking about being rooted and being able to withstand the storm and when you slowed down and took a step back, is that when you were like, aha, this is what I'm meant to do in this world? Is that how it all came to fruition? Yeah, I think that there's a point where if you're fortunate enough and you're willing to put in the work, you can discover what you're meant to do in the world. Then comes the courageous decision of, are you going to go do it? And so many people won't do it because they're so busy trying to survive. And so when we look at that, and then we look at what does that have to do with time? Well, there's two places specifically that I've seen it repeatedly be a, a keystone ingredient. Okay. It is the, the keystone the, uh, of holding everything together in order for me to be a masterful coach, 99% of coaches that are certified coaches. Okay. Licensed coaches around the world, Tara will coach from logical, physical, and emotional, and they will avoid spiritual at all costs. And I don't think you can be a master coach without all four of those physical, logical, emotional, and spiritual, because the one thing that is probably missing why somebody's coming to see you is because of the absence of spiritual spirit in their life. Now they might come to you for finances, relationships, whatever, but the piece that's probably most needed is the spiritual. The second is, is when people want to have financial abundance, there's three ingredients. Okay. It's save, spend, give. But in our society today, it's spend first. And if there's anything left over and there isn't, then I'm going to save. No, it's save first. So save 20%, spend 70% and give 10% away. Okay. Here's why. If your hand is doing this, I can't put more in. If you're so, so tight that you can't, aren't willing to, to pass it on, if you aren't willing to contribute beyond yourself, then you're probably never going to have the abundance that you desire. Okay. So why is that important? Because we know if I say, fine, Tara, I'm going to give $110, but I'm only making 10 or only making hundred. My mindset has to go into create, has to go into generate. How do I make another $10? That's a mindset of abundance. That's a mindset of I'm moving forward versus I have to hold on to all hundred. I can't let go. Absolutely. So when you have to give, when you have to give more than you have, you have to figure out a way to solve that. You have to figure out how to generate more. That's why people who give 
statistically are far better off financially than those that don't. And I'm not making it up. There's a long track record of that. I am so going to look into that because I need to present that to my husband. (laughs) We have been in the habit of giving, but it's been more sporadic and it's on my heart to, in order to bring in that abundance, you're right. You need to give. And I think you hit it spot on with the fact that if you are restricting, you're like, oh, I got to hold on to it. Then you're never going to challenge your mind to figure out a way because that's what you're doing is yeah. you're you're allowing yourself to be a problem solver solver. You're allowing yourself to creatively think. Whereas when you hold on to it, you don't have to do any of that. You don't have to do that work. Yeah. So, so how does that translate into time and into our lives? Real easy is giving is a mindset of abundance. Not giving is a mindset of scarcity. There's not enough. So those that have a mindset of abundance tend to do do better. So when we look at that in our calendars, if we want to master our calendars, number one, we have to remove our to-do list and schedule everything, at least starting off. Okay. Because here's the reality. You have a calendar that's full. That's 168 hours of time. Then you probably also have a to-do list and that to-do list probably represents another 40 hours of time. If you're lucky, that'd be conservative. So now you're trying to fit 180 hours into, or what would that be? 160 plus, what did I say? 40, 200 hours into 160. No wonder why you're stressed. So get rid of the to-do list and put those items into your calendar, carve out and block the time. Second is color code those events to see where there may be imbalances. So if you're like, man, I never have enough personal time. Well, for me, that's green on my calendar. And I can quickly look at seven days and go, oh, there's no green. No wonder why I don't think there's personal time because there isn't. So if you want to see, are you making time to have a relationship in your spirituality? For me, that's lavender. I can very quickly look and go, oh yeah, I've got that represented. And then third is padding. It's not enough. It's not just for, for furniture, right? is you have to have some padding for the fires and the urgent and important task without losing time. Because here's the thing. If you have everything crammed in and a fire happens, an urgent matter happens, now you're, you're stressed out. But if you actually say, oh, I've got an hour extra in my day, then you can absorb that without taking a hit, without it stressing. You're like, oh yeah, I already had room for that. So we have to be flexible to move some of those things around. Make sense? Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense because I think when we over schedule ourselves, we come from a place of anxiety to start out, which doesn't yes. help us work through things efficiently or effectively. And because of that, a lot of times we'll, oh, I had this scheduled out for an hour, but it takes longer because your mental state isn't where it should be. So I love yeah. that you also have the color coding because. You can literally look at your calendar and be like, okay, I need to reevaluate here. So that is amazing. Now I'm going to, before we end, um, I'm so appreciative of your time. So ran out of time. (laughs) I'm so sorry. You know, I'm so thankful for your time though. So thank you so much. We kind of covered a little bit of everything which the summit yep. is, you know, it, it is a little bit of everything that's life, right? 
So um, before we end, do you have any, any wisdom that you want to drop on us? Of course, you've um, already done so. And you've really flipped the script as far as schedule your personal time first. Like that is huge. I don't think any of us ever even thought of that, you know, to that being the first step to prioritizing your time. Uh, but anything else that you want to leave the audience, any, any, anything that you want to leave us with? Yeah, uh, probably let's go with two things. One is I said, it's about your relationships with others. And I'm going to give a really simple formula, Tara, to help in your personal life, your career life, every aspect of how to communicate effectively. Often we think that we're great communicators, but rarely does it follow the XYZ formula. And John Gottman created this. I, can, I don't take credit for it, but Gottman said, the formula is like this. If you really want to communicate what you need or what, what you hear somebody else is trying to state or what they need, and that is X, Y, Z. I feel X when, Y, I need Z. So here's how that would look. I feel valued, Tara, when I receive notice a day in advance. I need time to review today and tomorrow's agenda. Oh, right? I love it. That's so amazing. I, I feel X. Nobody can take your, how you feel is how you feel. When, why? Now that the one thing in the why is you can't insert you. So I feel angry when you do boom, their wall goes up, right? So if you insert when you, you're not allowed to use the you in there. Okay. So it's, I feel X, I feel an emotion when, why, and the hardest part in our communication is that's where we want to put blame on somebody else. And we have to refrain from doing that. So when, why it's just like, okay, well, when I receive notice a day in advance, I can, yeah. I'm not defensive about that. I can still be open to receive that. And then what do you need? And you'd be amazed Absolutely. at how many people, if they followed this would make their, their ability to manage up, to manage down and to manage out far more effective. Yeah, because you're really being straight to the point. You're not pointing fingers. You're telling people exactly what you need, but in a way that is being, this is what I need and here's why. And it has, it's nothing about you. <laughs> it's about me. Yeah. So, I mean, yes. ultimately, I think people have the issue of wasting what they need because they feel like they can't do it in a nice way. And so you've just really brought it to light that it's, you can do it in a, a nice way. Just follow the X, Y, Z. And I think for you listeners too, that try to avoid conflict or try to avoid being straight to the point with people is you're going to create your time. You're going to set those boundaries. People are going to respect you more if you're able to voice what you need and you can do so by following this method. So I love that you, you spelled it out for us because it is possible and it's hard to do, but Hey, maybe write it down, right? Write it down, try it out a few times and I'm sure it'll get easier as you implement it, right? Yes. So that's the first, right? Is to understand how to communicate. The second then I said earlier is you have to know your why. In other words, what's your motive? Without a clear motive, 
you're going to get knocked off uh, onto the sidelines by temptation. Okay. But if we're clear on our purpose, our motive, our why, then nothing will take us off that course. Insert that motive literally in the subject line. We put such inappropriate socially and politically correct sentences in our calendar, right? Like workout. Nobody wants to work out, Tara. Right. So it's like, right? Looking sexy so I can keep my marriage thriving or hot, you know, um, um, building a, a rock hard body for that ultimate date, whatever. Okay. For me, it's being fit to lead by example for my son. I might have another workout that says, leading uh, a team across a Grand Canyon for charity. That motive is in the subject line. So when I see it, when I don't feel like doing it, I know my why. And that also means knowing other people's why. That means what is our boss's why? What is our customer's why? What is their motive? And are we aligned? Are we complimenting or competing? That's all I got for you. Wow, that is brilliant. Because how many times do we not want to do something? Or how many times do we all the time? Exactly. It happens every single day of our lives, right? So if you have that motive in there, and then two, recognizing that you need to know others' motives, because we oftentimes forget that and we think, oh, well, that's stupid. I don't need to prioritize that. I can't tell you how many um, people I talk to, how many clients that are talking about, oh, well, I know it was a priority, but I didn't do it until the end of the day. Well, if you knew it was a priority, then why don't you do it first? And I think it would be easier to do it first if you inserted the motive <laughs> that's going to yeah. get, you know, that's going to fuel you to get it done, get it out of the way. So I love that. Now you have a program called Unmasked. I want to talk, I want to end on that. And I want to talk about what people can take advantage of because we've talked about a lot today. And I know that your program, you can just continue to dive deeper into, into this. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So the program is called Unmask Your Legendary Life. And legendary is defined by your standards, not society's right? So it's helping you discover your purpose. It's helping you discover how to structure in a successful way so that you can live a legendary life. It is absolutely possible. So it, we do that through 12 modules. It's self-paced. We have group group uh, coaching in there available uh, every single week. And I wanted to make it available to everybody that is attending, just go to unmask your legendary life. I believe you get a two or three week, um, free trial in there. And trust me, that's more than enough for you to really build some, some, uh, success in, in some solid or foundational principles in there. So we make it available to everybody that can, can go in and remember to have fun in the process of it. That's what life is supposed to be. I love it because you're giving them the opportunity to figure out their why that's going to help them motivate them to manage their time effectively. It's going to help them figure out what it is that they're meant to do, which is so priceless. And I, for a long time, I searched for that for years. So everyone, it is a gift. It is so amazing what Chad's offering. So everyone that the links will be in this email. So feel free to 
click on that. It'll take you right there and sign up right now. <laughs> All right, everyone. Perfect. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time today, Chad. It's been priceless. And, and that would thank be you. it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Burnout to Bless podcast. I hope that you found value in today's episode. And I pray that you will make the commitment to take back control of your life and that God will give you the courage to move forward to live the life that you were meant to live. If this episode at all inspired you, please do me a huge favor and subscribe to the Burnout to Bless podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and leave me a review. By subscribing, you'll be the first to be notified when new episodes air. And by leaving a review, you'll help this podcast get noticed and hopefully change someone's life. If you're ready to take the next step to overcome burnout and live the life of your dreams, email me at coachinginfo at burnout, B-U-R-N-O-U-T, the number two, blessed.com. Again, that's coaching info at burnout, the number two blessed.com to learn more about my customized coaching programs. Now remember, Rome was not built in a day. All you need to do is take it one step at a time, my friends, and I promise you, you will get to your destination. Until next time.